Okay, with the filmmaking team of uh, Thrives in Silence, with, with Vincent, the director, and Sam, Samantha DeFranco, who is one of the main subjects. Uh, this is uh, from this is a student film from Toronto Metropolitan University, correct? That's correct. Yeah, we had uh, a team of about six students working on this, uh, and a bunch of volunteers from all across the university, including Sam as well. So. Formerly another, another name of the university. I'm still trying to figure, like, I, I'm still, like, wanting to say that other name. I mean, how about you guys? When you, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that it was one name, your university is one name when you were starting, and now it's another name when you're graduating, I guess, right? Well, for me, I, when I came to the school, it was, uh, like, just starting to change into the new name, so it didn't make much of an impact on me because um, I'm only in my third year now, but okay. I'm sure Sam could say otherwise. She's been at the school a lot longer than I have, so. Oh, yeah, I've definitely had to, when we talk to people now, it's always, oh, yes, TMU, formerly, because people don't know what you're talking about, unless you say, like, what we used to be called. Yeah, the exactly. Enough, conducting interviews with uh, subjects on camera, too, they would be talking about the school, and they'd say, like, oh, yeah, Ryerson, oh, TMU, right? <laughs> so there's a lot of that that happens. Constantly, even to this day with new projects. So, but it's a learning thing. Everyone's trying to figure it out. Okay. So this is a short documentary about, uh, uh, about sexual violence among post-secondary students. And you're talking about the increase of reported incidents. And my subjective opinion is that because I'm older, I'm maybe 20, 25 years older than you guys, is that this was going on for this has been going on for a long time it's just now there's the, there's more of a safeguard i'm not saying it's a perfect safeguard but there's more of a safeguard that people are more are are more trusting to report it i guess now does that I make sense to you there's more avenues to report it uh they didn't until 10 years ago they didn't have policies in place like exactly. you went to a university you said i experienced sexual violence they're like okay go to the cops right like yeah. there wasn't anything at universities now there's like people that are hired to help with that i think that it's there's still a lot of barriers and a lot of issues but it's definitely better than it was 20 years ago i'd say yeah well well i'm for talking for personal experience 100% and it's it's obviously a good thing but then there's still like it's there's still a long way to go would you would you agree with that absolutely yeah there's definitely a long way to go um that's kind of the plan with this project what we set out to do was to kind of you know start the conversation about it the conversation has been started granted but we wanted to make it relevant to students make students feel like they have a voice in what's going to be happening um as we progress, hopefully towards, you know, more education on this subject. I mean, Sam is, and her organizations, uh, C3SVS at our school is incredible. The amount of work and effort that they put into ensuring the students have the safe outlet when it comes to sexual violence or all things sex, sex ed related is amazing. Um, when I came to the school, I really didn't know much about this. So it was a huge learning experience for me as the director to kind of just sit down with Sam even. And, you know, we had many kind of, I guess, what learning sessions, I suppose, where, you know, she just kind of explained to me how things work and uh, we went from there. So everyone involved in this kind of really got motivated by the idea that it can perpetuate towards something bigger. And that's kind of the plan. So. I like that 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 you're that thanks you for sharing that because it's an interesting perspective of you directing the film 
because you're coming, coming, kind of coming on from that the point of view of most audience members, where we're not aware of what what's happening, especially white men. Let's be honest here, and Absolutely. and uh, yeah. and basically, so it's like you're you're kind of coming, you're kind of directing the film and interviewing the people, kind of from that point of view. So that's that's fantastic because it's like because it's like because it's just, you're that's sort of even how I was watching it. It's like I'm learning. And as as you're learning, I guess, as a, as a director, it's kind of a subconscious thing happening. That's a really good way to explain it. I mean, I I tried very hard to make sure that um, the tone was appropriate and that it was coming off like in, in an appropriate manner. But also I wanted people to be interested while watching it and to actually stay focused and make sure that people who might not be so familiar with the subject like you and I are going to stay engaged and take away something from it at the end. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I, I knew full well going into it, like being a male director and having not experienced this myself, um, that it was going to be a challenge. But, um, you know, that was also part of the, the beauty of it was that it is a feeling, I think, while watching the film is, is you feel like you're you're learning along with mm -hmm. the filmmakers because yeah. it was a, a process. We just turned on the cameras and went with it, you know. All right, so let's talk about like the how this film got made. So, where when did you and Samantha, uh, Samantha meet? So, um, when did we meet, Sam? We met at a ago. social justice committee meeting, actually, uh, because Vince is part of the student union board last year and brought this idea forward. And I distinctly remember that first meeting because you did not really know what you were talking about. You just cared and wanted to do a good <laughs> job. And I had to uh, call you in a little bit, be like, that's maybe not the best way to approach <laughs> this topic. But you were so receptive and we had like then multiple like again learning session meetings and me sending you links and research um and like building up this idea and how we actually wanted to tackle it together yeah i mean it was uh you know for the first time i actually had to just shut up and listen and yeah. that was kind for of the first time the of it. well <laughs> <laughs> i mean i like to i like to hear myself talk so it was one of those things where I was like, okay, this is not my forte. I'm going to shut up and I'm going to just become a sponge. And so, That's you know, cool. that was, that was really awesome to be, to be a part of that. Cause yeah, I mean, honestly, it feels like so long ago, but that was just, that was just last February. year. February. Yeah. That's yeah. amazing. So yeah. So we're doing this podcast at the end of uh, September. So February. So it's been a pretty good, pretty good journey so far. Vincent, do you mind asking where, where are you from originally? Where were you born and raised? Uh, I was born and raised outside of Kingston, Ontario. Okay. So um, didn't grow up in the city, though. I was 45 minutes outside of the city uh, on farms and forests. So yeah. the whole city thing was really new to me when I came here. But I love it. Yeah. So you're like kind of like from a small town, kind of like I'm not stereotyping, but there's this kind of a small town kind of perspective you must have some game some intellectual game you went to you're going to this school now so you must have worked hard and kind of like got yourself here so then there must be some you must have some you must be a curious person I, I would assume that's a good way of putting it I'm very curious uh one of the reasons I wanted to leave home was to kind of find new avenues and you know take a journey to a bigger world I suppose and that sounds kind of cliche but that's the truth like I wanted to meet new people experience new cultures 
other people who have had different experiences than me, and you just don't get that in a small town. Yeah. A subject like this, for instance, um, is just not, it's not something that's taken as seriously where I'm from. Um, you know, it, it doesn't happen as often. Uh, you know, smaller population, smaller problems. So people are trying to, they, the, 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 they give the benefit of the doubt that people are just trying to survive in the world. Yeah, they're... no, honestly, I mean, everyone kind of does their own thing and yeah. a beautiful place to, to grow up though. And so, so Sam, what uh, the, just the the, the 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 let the viewers know what what is your job like? Uh, like, what did what did you like in terms of this world? What is your what is your uh, position? Yeah, so I actually work at the student union, not at the university. Um, and specifically, I work for the Center for Safer Sex and Sexual Violence Support. So I kind of do uh, sexual violence support. We run like a text line for survivors. We do a lot of like education and campaigns around like consent and safe sex and like stuff like that. So I'm kind of the go-to person for people who don't feel safe going to the university. A lot of people, you know, if a professor assaults you, you're not going to feel safe going to the university to yeah. talk about that because they have you know, reasons to not listen to you. So right. they can a lot of times come to me for stuff like that. So you're kind of like the ombudsman of like, kind of like- of Kind of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of, I'm glad that's there. How long has it, that program been around for? At TMU, it's been around for a while, like six or seven years, but I am one of three in the country that are not employed directly by universities. So Who's there's not for? a lot. Uh, it's specifically we have a student levy, so students pay two fifty two dollars and fifty cents for each, and that pays for my center to exist, which is pretty great. That for two dollars you can have somebody who's outside your university and can run all of those programs and do that work, um, and that kind of referendum passed. Students wanted it, and I'm very happy that it exists now. That's a story. That's a film right there about how yeah. it started, <laughs> right? Absolutely. I yeah. mean, we have plans of, of maybe extending this and taking it further. So, um, you know, we wanted to see see what the reception was going to be like by putting it into festivals. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, it was it was kind of really good news to, to get know that we got a, an award with um, with Wild Sound. So um, or not Wild Sound, but I suppose. The, yeah, the it's, the, it's the we own the festival. Yeah. So, OK. So, yeah. Uh, so let me ask you about so how did the film kind of come together like so how did that what was the first step what was the seed of this film kind of merging together first step was um me bringing it up and sam shutting it down and saying no that's not gonna work <laughs> we gotta re-strategize this and i was like okay and then like i said it was shutting out from there and just kind of learning so it was a lot of uh not so much journalism but i would say more so just learning um me and a, a few other people on our team just trying to get a grasp of the subject and then it was go time in terms of you know finding like connections finding subjects that we would want to interview with sam helping out a lot with that with getting volunteers from her end to help out um <clears throat> and then finding events that were happening like the pierce project um you know that we, ha we had the pleasure of being able to go there and capture, you know, their forum that they were doing with all these different student unions from around Ontario that came together to specifically work on what they can do to help, you know, 
help with sexual violence on campus. And it was a growing issue that all of them were seeing, um, especially out of COVID was the general consensus that I was hearing from them. <clears throat> so yeah, they all kind of came together, talked about how they could get more funding and all kinds of stuff. So that's what, uh, what one of the big things we had to set up uh, in terms of going to collect footage for and getting interviews and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so the beginning, the film starts. You establish the the organization. You establish Sam. Sam, I gotta, I gotta admit that uh, um, that you have you have some very you're you have great screen presence. That's like I've watched a lot yeah. of films, obviously, and documentaries. And I'm assuming you do a lot. You do a lot of speeches or kind of like talks with people. Yes, I've been in this field for ten years, and it's a lot of training people and talking to people and talking to media and I was a drama kid so you know it kind of all lends itself to the topic yeah no you're you can see that you kind of jump out on on, on the screen so I'm glad I'm, one assumes that that you have, you have a great quality and you're able to kind of uh engage with people on a on a on a kind of like a crowd setting and then of course in the individual setting which I guess you you kind of need to do as well one, one would assume lots of education you know, people don't get this education, even if the sex ed, you know, you're not learning about sexual violence, you're barely learning about consent. So a lot of times, especially working with like 18 year olds, you get a lot of people with no knowledge. So you kind of got to be engaging enough that the 18 year olds want to talk to you. So I, I gave uh, Vincent was uh, kind enough to share his backstory. And it, I'm assuming you get people like that, like from all over Canada, even even in the world, right? small towns kind of like like they're kind of like they're like uh kind of like in this huge because uh you're i was about to say ryerson but your school is uh is right in downtown toronto it's like right there it's like it doesn't get any more downtown than than that and people are uh, there's an overwhelming presence i guess when they first go to school there oh yeah people get very overwhelmed uh it's very much a commuter school uh we talk about that a lot about some of the issues with having it be a commuter school and people are largely coming from smaller towns or areas where they're not used to it all being in the heart of downtown where like our campus has a lot of like unhoused people and you know there's a lot of stuff going around and that's why we have these issues with uh, like people want increased security or people want decreased security and we end up with people that don't have a lot of like education on the realities of what will help situations and what won't help situations or kind of coming from these small town environments where things are done very differently than they would be done in the heart of downtown at Young Dundas Square. So it's really like a bit of a culture shock, I think, for people. But yeah. when we kind of start engaging with people like Vince and, you know, like we have those conversations, I think we all grow and learn more from it from kind of seeing each other's perspectives and getting to know like, hey, here's what somebody else might be feeling. I'm just curious, a little mm -hmm. quick segue. Is there any way where people can donate to your organization or like, does it work that way? Or, cause I'm, I'm assuming you're always looking for money. I mean, we are always <laughs> looking for money if people want to. Uh, like I am lucky enough that we do have those student fees. So like yeah. usually that's okay. Like we're happy to take your money if you want to give it to us or any kind of uh, like 
women focused organization or sexual violence focused organization like there's a lot of people doing really good work in toronto the toronto rape crisis center does fantastic work uh the women's college hospital does a lot of good work right like any of those organizations we're always happy to have your support what's what do you think is lacking like if I, I'm putting on the spot, but yeah. what is lacking in terms of funding, in terms of like, what is what else is needed? Well, I think like people are quick to think, oh, I want to help the mother who is running away from her abusive husband, like this narrative of a very particular type of sexual violence survivor, right? Or domestic violence survivor. And especially like if we're talking about students, that's not like 95% of the time, that's not who is like in those sexual violence situations, right? Those students don't need help going to the police or making reports most of the time. What they actually need is kind of like therapeutic supports or kind of counselors, uh, coping mechanisms, like the kind of support they need isn't flashy and exciting, right? It's not something you're going to make a documentary about necessarily. So just knowing that if people are asking for certain things, that's probably what they actually need, not kind of these narratives of like law and order SVU, right? Sure. No, that makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah, and it, like therapy is, is uh, and, and we're, we're lucky enough to be in a country that, that we have more free therapy, I guess, than yeah. most countries. So we're lucky on that front, but I'm assuming, yeah, more talk is better, I guess, right? Yes. Yeah. And a lot of times it's, free for six sessions or whatever or a very specific type of therapy is free so if people need access to certain other kinds of support or maybe they need child care so they can go to the therapy right like that's something people don't think about that maybe they need transportation maybe they need like a cell phone that their partner doesn't have access to like there's little things that people need that aren't things people think about and like just having that freedom i guess to be able to grant people money depending on whatever their circumstances is something we try and focus on i this is kind of a crazy thing but i i believe in the house call because people therapy is very difficult and talking about what happened is extremely difficult and 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 if you have to drive 40 minutes to go to that that section about talking about what you don't want to talk about the motivation is not strong, right? And then you're crying afterwards. You have to get in your car and drive home. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, yeah, no. No, seriously. There's, there's, there's something. I don't know. If I had, if I had some money, and obviously homelessness, I would take care of first, and then I think this would be the second thing. But that's just me. <laughs> okay, so talk, talk to me about, uh, talk to me about uh, the the subjects that you have because obviously they're sharing their stories. How did you get them to? Um, First of all, how did you get them to be in your film? And then how did you make them comfortable? Which is the second question. So um, that was really one of the most challenging parts about this was um, to start out with, you know, how do you go up to people and be like, hey, you know, do you want to spill your heart out on the camera for me and tell me the most traumatic thing that's probably happened to you? Like, that's not something that's easy to do on both ends. So that was a lot of care and like sensitivity that we kind of took in our approach. Um, Honestly, I just, I have uh, one of our main subjects, Olivia is a friend of mine and she kind of, once hearing about the project that we were doing came to me and 
said like this was something she wanted to do she's been wanting to to talk about it for a while and kind of just opened herself up to me and was like you know um let me sit down for an interview and she's like i'll you know i have a story to tell and i was like i didn't even know what she was going to say i didn't ask her what's you know what direction she was going to take it i remember sitting with our crew and we all had the cameras rolling and kind of like made sure she was comfortable and sat her down. And then she started telling her story and we didn't know which way it was gonna go. And I remember all of us were like on the verge of tears listening to her tell her story. And, um, you know, it was a level of like acceptance, but also trying not to interfere. Again, just being quiet, letting them speak. Um, not trying to like poke and pry about like what they were going to talk about beforehand just being like hey you know what you've come to me you want to talk then we'll set up the cameras we'll get things going and you can talk about whatever it is that you you feel inclined to do so so it was that um and then sam had her volunteers from c3 svs and um yeah we just kind of built a small community around it where people were like starting to find out about what we were doing mm -hmm. and then they'd reach out to me or they'd reach out to sam and you know it became this small little movement where people wanted to get involved and be part of the the, the, the conversation i don't know if the documentary film is in your future if you want to do um narrative film but there's a there's a certain talent and there's also you have to be sensitive I'm just curious about what their reaction was when they saw the film, because you want to make sure that they're okay. Sometimes they get a little bit like in hindsight, or they get a little bit frightened afterwards after the conversation and they see themselves on film, they can get a little bit like, Oh, I don't want that. How was that situation? That was, um, honestly, that stressed me out more than anything was, uh, especially because we did kind of, like a heavy amount of interviews and for the you know the time crunch that we were at and the parameters we were trying to fit the film in i actually couldn't fit everyone's interview into the film mm -hmm. to make it cohesive enough it would have thrown off the pacing it would have thrown off like the beats we were trying to hit so there was actually some interviews with people who had really good stories and you know i wanted to include them i had to we, we had to cut them out um you know for the sake of the film and for the sake of time that we had but um that was that was tough because you know you have someone volunteering their time to come and tell their story and then ultimately at the end of the day we're making a film and it's art and you can only do so much with it so we had to kind of make those tough decisions yeah but it was just a matter of having a conversation with those people letting them know that you know beforehand it might not be used so that they're aware and, um, you know, trying to still let them know that what they did matters because it ultimately helped the film as a whole, whether it was in teaching us as, you know, the filmmakers or, you know, letting us decide like what we could maybe do with it in the future. So ultimately uh, it, it helped it in every way possible, but that, that was a tough thing for, for us was to, you know, the people who, who were in the film, uh, and they, when they watched it, they seemed to uh, be very emotional, but ultimately happy to see, you know, it come to light and like the light at the end of the tunnel where it kind of comes full circle for them. Yeah. They've told the story and now they're seeing it 
you know, helping other people, hopefully, who are going to be watching it. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. It happens a lot where like you kind of there's there's similar stories or similar story beats where you can't add the same story into the or a similar story into the same film. So you have to like pick your spots. But yeah, I, I it's part of documentary filmmaking, right? So it is. Yeah, it is. And I talked with professionals about it and, you yeah. know, experienced documentarians like yeah. my professors, for instance, um, you know, and they, you know, they they empathize with me. But they said, you know, it's 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 part of the it's part of the game. You gotta, it's just you gotta, you gotta serve do. the story as best. Yeah, as you gotta serve the story in the best way possible. So, um, you know, it's not personal. It's just sometimes that's the way it is. Well, I'm glad you guys are submitting out the festivals. I hope it's doing well. Our particular festival, we uh, send you the feedback of the audience. What did you think about what they had to say about your film? It was awesome. It was it was really cool to to see um, people talking about the film more than than like just our kind of general circle um because it, it hasn't been released to anyone publicly yet all, other than like a small screening with uh, a few of the subjects and like a class of mine but mm. that's about it so it was cool to see a conversation starting because that's exactly what it was for i think sam can take it from there because like yeah this is where it's been our baby, I guess, for yeah, a little yeah. while. We've just been working on it, kind of me and Vince talking about it in my office for so many months that like, it's really, really exciting that people are seeing it and talking about it. And we're planning kind of to do bigger screenings with it, uh, you know, in the next couple of months and to really like show, especially students at TMU, like what's going on and how they can get support and that this is a thing we can talk about. Like I'm, very excited that it's getting out there yeah it's a it's the power of film in a lot of ways where you can kind of someone doesn't know something and they see something like your film nicely put together documentary film and they can it makes them feel safer or makes them or makes them aware of things that they didn't even know about too right exactly like i wanted people to you know if you're an average joe like me and you watched it i want you to learn something i want you to you know double think about it next time you hear about something like this happening Next time, you know, one of your friends comes to you, ultimately there was a big motivator for me to make the film was I had a lot of friends with incidents like this occur the year before leading up to this. Yeah. Um, a little bit of anger about that, I suppose, like also coupled with, you know, just being really sympathetic and wanting to, to do something about it. So, I, yeah, I want people to watch it and step away from it, the very least just thinking about it in a different way. Yeah. Well, Sam, you're doing a fantastic job. And uh, like I said, there's like, and if you, there's a big, there's a big, great story here. I like the origin story of how this even happened. People are not even aware of it. And it's, it's sort of, it's sort of, it's, it's, it's important. It's like you said, you're like, you're like, you're not getting, it's good that it's, it's important that you're not getting, you're not like uh, your bosses are not the university itself. Basically what I'm trying to say is that, you're, you can you have your own kind of way to maneuver. So let's hopefully this this funding can keep going. I know that's always a little bit of a stress in the future because that's just part of the how it works, right? So you have to like you get your funding and then the, you know that in a few years it's going to be another uh, upsurge. So let's keep it going. And the more people know about it, the more political pressure there is to keep this this going. That's part of that's how it works, right? So exactly and to have it at other universities like yeah. you know places like 
U of T and York. They, they're huge schools. And York is, yeah, and York is a dangerous school because it's like it's in the woods of nowhere, right? And they don't have anybody like that's me. crazy. Like they have a sexual violence prevention officer hired by the university, but they're hired by the university, right? Like I want every school to have someone they can go to that is not paid by the university. Yeah, no, that's, listen, really that's like a, because we're just talking about our our area, right? Like our yeah. city, but because yeah, York is that's like it's just, it's its own little campus, right? Like, and there's like it's it's almost like it's in a like it's like far in a faraway land, right? So yeah. that's so yeah. Yeah, that's that needs to be that there's a bigger like I said, there's a bigger story, there's a bigger film here, there's a bigger cause here because like in UFT is like you know one of the top schools in the in the world, right? That should they should have that as well, right? So yeah. And it wouldn't be hard. Like they have so many students, they pay a dollar each. Like yeah. it's not that expensive. <laughs> yeah, a lot of international students, right? Yeah. Like like we were talking about, like kind of like being the fish out of water. So yeah. All right, guys. Well, thank you so much for, for for submitting the film to our festival. It was an easy acceptance. I hope it gets into other festivals. Uh, whatever we can do, it help out in any way. So I'm glad you enjoyed the experience so far. And let's talk again, uh, Vincent, when you make your next film, or Sam, uh, when uh, this 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 is a, there's a bigger story here. So there's a bigger film made about this. I'm glad to hear you say that because uh, our our gears are just getting started. So we're <laughs> we're gonna see where this goes. All right. Well, let's talk soon, guys, and enjoy enjoy uh, enjoy the rest of your day. Appreciate it. Thank Thanks. you so much. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Schlemiel, Schlemizel, Hassenbeck Incorporated.